Welcome back to another episode of Anytown USA, a podcast that explores common problems throughout towns and villages and cities throughout the United States, and maybe applicable to some other countries as well, but definitely the United States. My name is Vernon. I'm Dave. And I'm Brendan. And today's topic is elections, and obviously in, in the United States. Um, <laughs> We're going to talk about how uh, people get on the ballot, what's involved in that process, um, choosing people in a local election to vote for, how to find information about people, when it's right to just uh, toss a name down in a ballot and hope that it's a good person, uh, things, like, uh, things like that. One of the things we need, probably need to talk about is when we're going to get another theme song. Uh, are we are we still talking about that? We're still seriously, about Dave. The, the that's that's what we're going with this right now. No. Yeah, this is okay. the uh, the election podcast. Let's talk about the theme song. Right. No, let's not. Let's, let's not, not do that. Ever All right. Do that. So we're going to start off with getting on the ballot. And for uh, full disclosure, I have a little bit of an inside track on this because I am currently on the ballot for a local election f- to what. I think many would consider a lower elected office. And the reason I call it lower is not because of its impact on the community, but the fact that the members on this board are not paid. And if you wanted to skirt along in the absolute bare minimum of, uh, of what's required, it is, I mean, you could get by with just attending one meeting per month, which according to the minutes of prior meetings can last anywhere from 18 to 45 minutes <laughs> you're virtually so, a a an elected volunteer basically yes and, and you know that's actually what a lot of these boards are right and when you think about the implication of having someone who is in a volunteer position that they had to they had to get elected to volunteer for this position but then they are now in charge of a 20 million dollar budget <laughs> right yeah it's crazy that way smaller municipalities can work like that. Smaller or mid-sized. Mid-sized, think, yeah, right. Not cities, million dollar not big cities. Um, and I'm not, I'm not very sure how, how much that changes from one big city to the next. Um, but uh, it's definitely different. And this is one of those, those uh, instances where we're going to have to affect the effect. We're going to have to accept the fact that there will be nuance and some difference from one community to the next. Right. Yeah, for sure. So for our for our community specifically, um, what that looks like, there is a there's guidance put out by the county about how many signatures are needed to petition to be on the ballot. Uh, taking a step back for a second, the path to candidacy obviously starts with a decision to run. Uh, usually, people run because they're trying to solve a problem. But you know, again, it's it's America. You can run. For That's whatever adorable. You, you think everybody runs to solve a problem? <laughs> well, we need your kind in office because you're just the, <laughs> the wide-eyed, bushy-tailed young go-getter that thinks that that's how it all works. Well, ideally, it should. It should work that way. Ideally, yes. Um, or because you feel that you you bring a, a certain level of expertise or a perspective that has not been observed within that board for a long time, which is kind of you know not not to use this as a as a platform for self promotion, but that's kind of what I feel my motivations are. Um, 
So once somebody decides to run, the first thing to do is, is look at the guidance available from, usually it's, it's from the county or from the secretary of the body to which you're being elected. Right, could be the state, could be a township, depends on whatever Correct. Yeah. level you're looking at. Yeah, so if you're looking at a township board, which the state that we're in, Illinois, has a lot of townships, I realize this The is most townships out of the 50 states, I believe. We have <laughs> more levels of government than any other state. Yeah, that's that's rather shameful. Uh, Anyone need to some mosquito abatement? We got you covered. <laughs> we've, got, and we've got a taxing body for that. <laughs> Many taxing bodies, like 77 or something. It's insane how many oh mosquito abatement yeah. bodies there are. <laughs> are, even our, are even our mosquitoes <laughs> get gone? We're Illinois. We could have a desert and we still have mosquito <laughs> abatement. It wouldn't matter. Um, yeah, so first, a good first step is to reach out to secretary or clerk within that taxing body that being said a quick internet search uh, for the election laws in that county or that town should should take you to um, an official clerk's office again whether it's county township whatever the town right i i've had the most luck at the county level i believe that they've got and Dave, you're, you've been an election judge for quite a while. I don't know if you have special insight on this or anything, but I feel that the county level really has the most power over what happens in an election. For the most part, that's exactly true, uh, at least in Illinois, as far as I'm aware, not just in our county, a lot of the other counties in the area. The, the exception, I would say, and it might be a little bit different for some of the other bigger quasi cities you know they're big their cities compared to chicago still chicago does basically do it slightly different even from what i know cook county does for instance yeah. cook county runs the suburban counties or the suburban cities within cook county but chicago they pay their judges differently than the, the suburban judges and all that kind of stuff so there is like a, a break of how that stuff is done sure and, sir, and so obviously any input that i give is going to be very geared towards suburban cook county again i do believe that a lot of these laws are very common throughout the towns and villages in the 50 states but uh i do realize that it, it changes sometimes I and mean, some some places caucus for candidates and that that is weird and i don't understand that at all i've looked into it but uh <laughs> I, I think the goal of caucusing from what i understand it is is sort of like the the birth of democracy type issue or circumstances of like ancient Greece where everyone just goes and yells at each other and I my idea is this idea and you do everything but come to a bloody you know fight about it in, in public about this is my point dying on sure, this mountain right so is it the most productive you know probably not it, but you can't do it in a right setting now. either you've got to do it those are always rural type places like Iowa or something because right. there's 38 people and oh no, no, no let's not disparage our Neighbor states. to the west. <laughs> I wasn't. I was just saying they have less people. You said they point. had thirty people, thirty-eight, and they might have fifty-two or something now. It's fine. It's not like they're the Dakotas. Oh my goodness! Yes. I I want to <laughs> I want to extend my sincere apologies for the disparaging remarks from my co-host. There's nothing wrong with small. Oh states. my goodness! <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going. Uh, so. You decide to run. You look up the guidance uh, to what what is required to petition to be on the ballot. So, where where I live, you need to 
get these, you need to submit a statement of candidacy. And this is at the core level. There's a, a couple other forms that may or may not be required, but always statement of candidacy, who you are, uh, what position you're running for, where you live, key information like that. The next step is to uh, create a set of, of petitions. Each petition, uh, in my experience, has had about room for 10 signatures on it. It has a header that describes who you are, what position you're running for, and uh, you know how, the, the length of the term, key information like that. That all has to be on there. It absolutely if has to be on one it. part of that's missing. Your it, ballots, your it signatures is are not valid. Crazy how this is. If anyone's running for office, this is probably where you have to spend the most time. It's the most making sure that all of your eyes are dotted and T's are crossed. Well, and it's not even at that too. But also, if it's not bound properly, they won't take them. Oh, we'll, we'll and, get and there. That's, that's crazy. Fun, yeah. We'll get there. But they don't say how to bind it. They just say it has to be properly bound. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. I'm, I'm doing my best to paint a picture of what this form looks like. Now, there is debate over whether or not you know, what key fields are on there. Clearly, someone's name, their address, the city that they're in, zip code, and state. I've There's some debate over whether the zip code needs to be on there or not. It's You look at different versions of the form and, and you get different answers. I always just use the form that is literally on the Cook County website. That and, makes the most uh, sense. And just drop my information in there. The other part, so top third is is about the candidate. The middle third is the the people who are signing the petitions. And then the lower third is about the person who is circulating the petitions. And this is they're another the witness, thing. basically. Yeah, they're, they're attesting that they uh, went and got the information from real people who it's are basically an affidavit voters in that, in that uh, electing body. So if you're running for um, a trustee in a town that has multiple different trustee districts, you're only allowed to get the signatures uh, for your district within your district. You can't go into another district or an obviously not another town to get your signatures there. And your opponents have every legal right to submit a Freedom of Information Act to request, challenge that. which will henceforth be abbreviated as a FOIA, to see who signed your petitions and verify that they not only live in the district but are currently registered voters and then challenge your petitions if they don't match up. On top of all that, whoever circulates it, they have to attest to a notary public that all that they are who they are and that they circulated the petitions in accordance with, you know, whatever laws. Now, here's something crazy. If you were to be circulating petitions for someone, you have your clipboard with your sheet on it, and you put your sheet down on a counter, and you walk away, and I take a picture of that sheet sitting unattended Without on a you. counter, I can send that picture to an election authority and say that you were misleading on your attestation that you were present when everything was signed, because while you were gone, who knows if someone signed 
what they signed, who signed what. Exactly. And so if I can prove that you left that sheet unattended, I mean, of course, you could literally just be standing out of frame. Right. That's why you always keep your hand on it. Theoretically, yes. Right. Um, So then you, you, next step is to find out how many signatures you need. And, of course, the, the, the guidance cannot be more vague. I don't know. It, it's I'm kind of conflicted on this. I read it and I understand. I understood it, but it doesn't seem like everyone else does. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's uh, some folks who. Uh, I mean, it, and if it's your first time, you don't have anyone helping you out. It is a daunting task. It is not. It is not written in lay terms. You can't just read it. It's like okay, this is clear. I understand. There's a lot of so. Before I get away from myself. The basic idea is that the number of signatures that you need to get on the ballot is directly proportional to how many people voted in the last election. Usually it'll be worded um, something like um, it is the greater of 25 signatures or 3% of the total votes cast for this district from the the previous previous election. election. Right. So now, so you got to go know that number, right? You have to know that number. Which again, it, I mean, if, if your your form is your forms are all coming from the, the the county website, and all that data is also at the county website, you just click previous elections, and they show you. You know, you could just type in the municipality or or the the position that you're looking at, and it'll tell you how many people voted in that election. It's pretty straightforward, and then you just. Multiply that by 0.03, or if you prefer to divide, that's it's all good too. Same thing, um, and then that gives you the number of signatures you need. Uh, generally, people will tell you to get anywhere from 25 to 100 percent more signatures than you need, just because if somebody challenges, if if you if you need 50 signatures to get on the ballot and you submit five pages of 10 signatures and they call out a couple signatures on one. You're of the no pages. longer running. You're, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You're now hoping to be a write-in candidate. Which will <laughs> be a that. fun conversation we'll get to in a little yeah, while. Hopefully we'll get, we'll get to write-ins, but um, I do have one specific thing when we get there about it. Yeah. So just okay, about write-ins. Right, about so write-ins because we'll, we'll there's a, pin, a big misconception we'll, about it. We'll put a pin in that. Um, so, Let's say you've done all this. You've you've gone to the county website. You've got what you needed. You've got your signatures. You've got enough. You needed 50. You got 80. And now you go and file them. You show up to whatever office that you're supposed to file them at. Uh, the, the race that I'm currently in, I had to go to the office of the governing body that I was running for. I ran uh, another time where I had to go to Village Hall, which was not the the governing body that I was running for, but Village Hall is who accepted the petitions. And I know the high school districts, where do you, I, I can't remember where they have to file, but that's that that's a, a county building. I would and, think it's county because not all the high schools are and they're not solitary to the town they're in. Right. And and I know that a bunch of you know, you get there, like for me when I went and filed, there was nobody else there. So I knew I was going to be first on the ballot, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But for some of these school district positions, they go there, and there's, you know, a dozen, two dozen other taxing bodies 
governing bodies who all have their candidates lining up to submit their petitions. Now, when you submit your petition, the order that people show up on the ballot is the order that they filed their petitions. And there's two lotteries associated with this. Let's say in the election, five people are running. Two people show up before the the taxing body opens up at 8.30 a.m., for instance. If they show up any time before 8.30 a.m., they are both entered into a lottery, and uh, basically they draw a name out of a hat, and whoever they draw is first on the ballot. If there were four people all showing up at the same time, they'd all be in that same lottery, and they'd go one, two, three, four. The, you know, you're on the ballot in the order that you're pulled out of the they hat. They pull them all out of the or in order. whatever method they're using to conduct the lottery. Um, the other lottery they have is anyone who shows up, I believe it's the last half hour of the last day that they are accepting petitions for filing. Those people also get in to a lottery because apparently the two most sought after positions on a ballot are the first, first and, and the last. last. Yes, they are. And this is something that I definitely want to address before this episode is over. So now you're on the ballot. People can FOIA request your, your petitions. And if they feel that they need to, they will challenge them. You will have a chance to discuss your, your, the, the merit of their, challenge and your rebuttal in front of a board of review and um you know basically you get your day in in uh quasi court in campaign court (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and uh you find out if, if you made it onto the ballot or not and if you make it that's great if you don't um then your next recourse is write in candidates. candidates. So this is Dave's uh, forte, so I'll let him take it from here. Well, the biggest thing I want to say about this is I've been an election judge. I just actually literally got recertified today. This will be my 27th election. I've been an equipment manager. Now they call it something else, but it's the same job. All those times, 20, 26 times, this will be 27. And so typically up until pretty much this year when they change things a little, I was the person when you were dropping off your ballot at the machine that's going to count it, I'm the person that assists you to make sure it goes in right and that it went in and made a little thunky noise. So people like to do write-ins, especially for people that when they don't like the options, which right America, there's a lot of times people, you know, in Illinois, people don't like their options. They write in Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, you know, Bart Simpson, whatever. The problem with that is, so how that functions for us as equipment managers, election judges, is we get a list that tells us what the official writing candidates are. If you're not on that list, and as Vernon alludes to, as soon as you don't make the official cutoff, you pretty much need to get right on that right on the writing candidate list. There's a little bit of a window, but if you're not on it and we don't get your name on a sheet, you're not a candidate. It doesn't matter if you've gotten every stray vote and you would get elected. If you're not on that writing candidate list, everybody writing your name in does not matter. We will not count your votes. People think, oh, cause like, why isn't Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse ever come up with, you know, 27% of the vote? We don't count them, not because they're Mickey Mouse, but because they're not on my list. If they're not on my list in the morning, 
They don't exist. You do not exist as, a, as a, an option for people to actually vote on. It doesn't not matter how many people write you in. So that's a, a really big thing, I think, for people who've never run and don't know the process and think, well, I'll just, you know, start advertising and skip that whole process. I'll, I don't have to worry about all those signatures and stuff. No, nope, you still have some of the process you have to be involved in. And at the end of the day, if you're not on that list, we don't care. When we're counting your votes at the end of the night, none of those are going to count. Now, if, if this all sounds like a lot of hoops to jump through for a volunteer role. Unpaid job. It um, is. <laughs> it is. It really is. But is that bad? When you think about it, the people who, do you really want somebody who cannot follow those kind of directions? Right, they're not hard directions. That's they're, actually a very good point. It's, it's very meticulous, but you kind of need meticulous people to be in those positions. And if you can't figure out how to read through the, I don't even want to call it legalese. It's like the political legalese of the way that those are written. You don't have to be a genius. You, you don't just have, have to be able to read or basic stuff to, and take instructions. Or you have to be able to find other people who can decode it. Right, for know you. somebody. And that's so, who can read. so with that, I feel we cover um, problem solving skills. We cover the ability to network. Those are all very important qualities for uh, people who are seeking to be elected officials. Another thing is it, it's very difficult to find the right candidate in a crowded field. I know that, especially in the state that we live in, there's every single election, and it's probably like this everywhere, but uh, again, realizing that our, our political reality might not be the same for everyone, we're always complaining about having no good candidates on, on the ballot. And if even if you get a slate of 10 people running, I shouldn't say slate because that has a different connotation. Even if you have a group of 10 people running for one position, I feel like we still say, oh, there's no good candidates. And and part of that is because people don't do a good job of marketing themselves. There a lot of a lot of election election politics gets baked into what can fit on a yard sign. Which a when you card. think about right, and I've I've actually just gone through the process of spending money on both of those things and as i'm doing this my first draft is so wordy and like but this is what i believe this is my platform this but is, it's got to fit on like a three by four card <laughs> happen and then uh someone who is who is advising me on this says hey the last time you got one of those cards how much of it did you read and i said well i read the whole thing they said all right well you're not normal <laughs> they, so that's the problem. There's no said, there's no SAT score minimum required for running or for voting. And so there's no standard of you need to do all this. So you have to as the candidate market yourself to all the people. And you and I and Brendan might all sit there and read that entire palm card. Maybe we don't most people I can tell you cuz I'm there when they're voting. So they're bringing that you, card in and they're barely looking at the name. The next the it. next the next place I was going to go with that is I said I read the whole thing, and then I was asked, did you check up on any of it? And I said, no. No, no, you did and not. Said, so he literally could have said, or she literally could have said, that she was vice president of the Red Cross, that right. she did all these great, amazing things. And Heir to the throne of Monaco. Like you're right. believing a glossy piece of paper that got bulk rate postaged into your mailbox. I'll give you a very good example of this in a somewhat neighboring 
municipality, actually I believe it's a neighboring township, there was a gentleman running for trustee of something or other, doesn't matter, who put on his literature that he is an attorney. He's a oh, lawyer. I heard about this, yeah. And it turns out he he has he, he has he has a, he graduated law school, but he did not take the bar in any the bar exam in any state, which means he is not a lawyer. Wow. Now whether or not that was just him trying to pad his resume or not, that's still I mean, come on, dude, you can't do that. You've got to presume everything's going to be checked, and then, but but also presume that nobody's going to read your card. It's both. It's but, both worlds. But the thing is, something like that, literally is not hard to find right. out it's if he's telling the truth. Super easy to ask, right? Super to easy it. to find out. If so, only we had Google. Oh wait, we do. Now now. <laughs> let's let's call it internet search now because You're right. I didn't Google want to brand is, it. Is a, if only we had they Bing. do not need advertising on our platform. <laughs> if only we had Bing. <laughs> Bing Bing. Where's Lycos? <laughs> hey, hey, what about Ask Jeeves? Ask Jeeves is my favorite way back in the day. I actually it's, know what that's from. I used to read PG Boathouse. Quite, a, I think I've read all of his books, and you guys don't even know what that is, do you? No, but we don't have time for that segue, really, do we? Oh my goodness! You're, you can scold us afterwards. I'm gonna hold on. One of these. <laughs> Here we go. What? That is Whatever. not the sound I, effect you're going for. I'm not going. For we'll it. fix all that right. in post. Yeah. No, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> this is how there is no post. Latest play, gentlemen. <laughs> so. Um, all right, one other thing I wanted to touch on is... Did you say laid is played? Laid is played. Oh, okay. Have you ever played poker before? I thought you were going to call played as it lies. It oh, was, well, I mean, if, if it... Right, uh, I just, I thought you said laid is played, and I was, never mind, let's move if on. If the cleats fit. Right, you must have quit. Oh, my goodness, that's a good one, too. <laughs> the cleats fit. <laughs> if the cleats don't fit, you, you must have quit. quit. I believe that's called the Chewbacca defense. If it doesn't make sense... Moist quick. Uh, shout out to South Park. <laughs> but and Jenny Cochran. <laughs> hey, whoa, R.A.P. The late. I, I'm going to do a sound effect for that, but I know you I don't know which one of them is. You'll end up applauding on accidents. <laughs> we're going to pull a Leslie Nope here. Rim I don't know. shots. <laughs> shout out to Parks and Rec. Um, but uh, so as, you, as you're going through this whole process, you have to be very aware of the political the the, the political uh, feel in in the area and sometimes a lot of this stuff can can you'd think that who you have notarizing your petitions or filing for you would, would be an and unknown and deal. Not, right but, but you no. you have as you do any of this you have to realize that everything every single thing you do can and possibly, and possibly will. <laughs> will be scrutinized to the nth degree. Especially by your opponent. As, I mean, obviously. Especially I mean, your by opponent your, your is opponent. going to be putting you under a microscope for sure. As anyone. you would to them. I mean, it's, that's no, well, just you the know, way it I, is. I feel like, a, so one, um, yeah, I, I've had opportunity where I could have really slammed opponents before. Uh, for, for making outlandish claims. And another thing to to keep in mind is that these boards don't have as much power as a lot of them pretend that they do. Um, especially the lower boards, they don't have the power to hire and fire people. They basically can hire and fire 
the chief executive for the organization, but they can't go to individual employees or vendors and, or any of that yeah, kind of stuff. Or, or vendors and and I mean they can certainly by having the ability to fire the head of the the executive head of the governing body there. That's a lot of power. Don't get me wrong, but they're not going to blow that on. And it's not wielded the way people think it probably my is. Friend Hank the janitor or else right. Um, it, it's it's a lot harder than you'd think, and I'm not saying that because I've tried. I'm just <laughs> saying it because I've seen it from that side, and it is not as easy as, as people think it is. But that being said, if you're not careful about who you have doing all of that background work, who circulates your petitions, you get someone on there who turns out that they have a bad record, uh, you know, a couple DUIs, like, oh, yeah, this is the kind of people that they socialize. Anything, they right, with. yeah. You have someone who has taken money from, you know, if, if you're running for office and you do anything with other any other uh, candidates, candidates, past, current candidates, go online and check out who's been giving them money. That's, that makes a, that's a big deal. It really is. I cannot stress that enough. It is such a big deal. Look at where their money is coming from. You don't want to have any ties to anybody. Because even the appearance, the optics exactly. of influence can kill you before you the get out of the thing. I, I love the way you, you said that because what kind of influence does some of this actually buy for someone? So if you Especially were- Especially on these lower powered boards. I mean, like you're and saying. We got to be, be careful about saying lower powered boards because anytime you're dealing with tax money, taxpayers' money- that is a, a very, very it's still powerful. It's definitely right, and, yeah. and, and oh, it's something that we need good people uh, managing. But if, but I think someone, everyone understands there's a difference between who runs the, maybe the the library or a school board versus who runs the town. Right. So I mean, we're not denigrating the other ones, but there's everyone understands there's a pecking order or a, a, a strata there. Right. So absolutely. that's what I'm saying. And I feel that for for towns, villages, cities, those elected officials, they usually do draw some sort of salary, which I think is fantastic. Good for them. I do sure, not think that it should be vaunt, especially because they're required to be at uh, more than one meeting a month. They're required to do department meetings and, and other things like that. And again, I know it, it, it changes from one town to another, but certainly the town that we're in, there's uh, different committees that these folks are supposed to be on and manage and take input on and make decisions. And they do have a lot more power. And I, I feel that there probably is a way for, for them to, exert individual influence on people getting elected, but that's not a given for every unit of government that, that power is not universal. Um, Oh geez. I just derailed my own trail of thought. Come on guys. One of you guys bail me out here. (laughs) We're getting too worried. (laughs) So what I would say is we have to just keep in mind that every town We'll have some exceptions. We'll have some differences. So obviously what we're talking about works for our town and probably most of the towns that are around us. But again... Or to some degree, what we've, uh, we've laid it out. Right. So, right. It's just a matter of what your individual town, how some of it's structured. Some, the mayor is very involved and they basically run the town. Some have trustees 
and some have a village manager kind yeah, of situation. That's, that's so those point. all kind of play into what you're looking to do in your town. And then how many, how big is your high school? Because like, I was just saying like maybe high the high school, how right? How many school districts are there? Right. If you've Our got town has three different school districts, there's a town, there's a town downstate that the grammar school and the high school are connected and there's probably 400 people in the town. So that's a difference than a three. We have three different elementary school districts. One of them is hardly in. It's off on the border. Yeah, just four. Four? Four. Oh, right. Where we're at. Oh, my goodness. I just got schooled. But anyway. And on top of that, we have two high school districts. Right, and so that's my point. And on top of that, we've got how many... how many religious schools? Oh, private, a private lot. institutions. We've got a lot There's of a ton. private schools in right. this town. So, but of course, they don't. They're they're a different story and and not relevant to the right. So my my point right because they're not getting elected to anything. Right. So the difference even from a smaller town where you have 400 kids in your whole school, high school and grammar school combined to a larger town sure. where you've got two or three thousand or four thousand kids in one high school and it might not be the only high school in your town. That's that's a pretty dramatic. So those school boards, those members are going to have more influence by by nature, you know, regardless of what what else is going on. So, yeah, um, or any other and the library or anything else. So, sorry, we're, we're we were having a little bit of an equipment thing. There was a technical you. issue there. No, it was no no technical. I, I turned off your monitor speaker because the echo was happening. Oh, so um, <laughs> another thing we could edit out, but we won't. Right. If only we had a post. <laughs> oh wait, hold on. See, I'm so glad I didn't take that opportunity to play the sound effect. There <laughs> we go. There you go. <laughs> I would have. You when we were talking about the guy who passed away. I would have done. You would have applauded him. Yeah. We know when to quit, when not to try. (laughs) That was one of those. That was one of those good. Yeah. Sometimes the best things you do are the things you don't do. That's right. Some the things that you do not do that turn out the best. Turn out the best. So uh, we've we've covered how to get on the ballot. We've covered uh, some of the, the the pitfalls along the way, and I wanted to kind of wrap up by having a brief discussion. And this is. I feel this is very, very important. And as someone who has, has, has run and, and lost in the past, uh, hopefully I will not lose this time, there's a few things that I feel are eating away at the core of our democracy. It's, it's horrible, and I wish that there was something that was not blatantly un-American that we could do to fix this problem. But the problem is how we vote. Now, I think when people think about voting... They think about voting for the president. They think about voting for the federal state offices. Senator, the federal right. offices. And these Senate, are offices where tens and millions, if not billions of dollars are spent oh, on campaigns. Billions. That is ridiculous money. I'm, I'm not talking about cumulatively. I'm talking about on a per race basis. So No, me too. For president. South Carolina, their last thing was like, it was the most expensive Senate race in the history of Senate races. Yeah, but it, it, was it, it, was, it was going to flip the Senate and everyone knew well, it. No, but it still was billions of dollars. And to your point, couldn't even half of that been spent on like a billion other things better? Oh, sure. And I that's mean, the, think so, about all the things that we could have eradicated. You know, funded yeah, exactly. better. Right. Yeah, anyway. So <laughs> that's not where I was going with this. But uh, relevant nonetheless. So when people vote... It is a statistical fact 
that the person who is first on the ballot gets the most of the uninformed voters. They get the uninformed bump. So people go in and they say, all right, in this election, and, and this election on the, the first Tuesday of April, the local election, usually the highest profile candidate will be mayor or town president. So they go in, those people have had money to spend, and uh, generally voters have an informed opinion on who they will be voting for based on the issues that they felt were relevant or whoever had the glossiest uh, palm card, <laughs> palm card, which is an issue in and of itself. But they're not going to look at who the school board candidates are, who the park board candidates are, who the library candidates are. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to vote for them anyway. They know nothing about any of these people. And it, and, and it says, pick two candidates, and there's eight people running. I've, I've been in this situation, this exact, I've been, actually I think there were nine people running for, for the election that I lost. And two better was pick like two. an easier race you could have run the last time. <laughs> pick two out of nine. Now the first guy got 1,500 votes. And the next two, who are the women who were running, and I do believe that they were the only women running, they're the ones who ended up winning. And they were very, very good candidates. Don't get me wrong. Right. It had I believe to do with their that, that they, just pointing out. they actually did run a campaign because I saw them out with, with signs. Um, there weren't any mailers sent out, but they, they won. And uh, a couple, you, you look down the, the list and you see it kind of zigzagging. If there was someone whose last name had an O, fit a particular ethnic demographic in the community, they it seems like they automatically get a, a half. There's a bump. bump for that, sure, of course. Uh, in a previous community I lived in, <laughs> this one guy knocked on the door. Um, and he was clearly uh, Hispanic, Latino, Mexican descent. His name was, and I do not remember the name, so I'm just going to put this name out here because it's the same ethnic background. It was like O'Flaherty. And I said, so you're supporting candidate O'Flaherty for this body. And he said, no, I, I am, am candidate <laughs> O'Flaherty. I said, really, how does if that If I might work? ask, how did that happen? I said, oh, well, my wife, that's her maiden name, and I took it. And I said, did you know you were going to run for office? And he said, yes. <laughs> I said, well, thank you for your honesty. <laughs> that's weird. You took your wife's name because you felt it would help with the voting demographic, and he won. It's like he married into like an oil magnet in the 1840s or something. Like, <laughs> take my wife, my daughter's name, and I will make you an heir to my fortune. So since since that, I have a very very hard hard uh, stance on don't vote for people you don't know. If you haven't at least seen a palm card in this day and age, this information age, there are so many different venues for a candidate to put out information about themselves and for you to engage with a candidate. If a candidate is not putting something out there with some way to contact them, whether it is an email or a phone number, especially for a local um, 
a local board, don't vote for them because they don't want to be contacted. If they're not willing to be contacted, they aren't ready to do the will of the people. And therefore, in my opinion, they should not be elected to that office. Don't vote for people because of their last name, because it fits some some traditional... Uh, some predestiny in your head of who you should be voting for right. based on who knows what. Don't vote for people based on their sex. Right. Their gender, their identities, any right. of that. Vote on their policies. Vote on who they are. Vote on what experience they bring to the table. Vote on how... how um, good of a person they are i, I think that's relevant sure I think of course they're, i would rather their have morals and their, their i would principles. rather have someone who was very well-meaning and wanted what was best for the community even if they weren't the ideologically Mensa certified same, right. uh intellectual giant that their opponent is uh i th- those are my priorities i'm not going to tell anyone else how to vote i i know i've said don't vote for people you don't know and I would like you to consider <laughs> being very intentional about choosing who you're going to vote for and, and, and imagine what the consequences can be voting for someone like unintentionally being part of electing someone who is a total piece of garbage. And where we live, there was a, a candidate who tagged, <laughs> should we bail on this? Or I think it's important. He was, an affirmed Nazi, like he, right? He was not a just a neo-Nazi. You know, you he had the uniform. Nazi. He was on TV. Oh, right. that's where you're going with it. Yeah, that's where you're going with someone else. But okay, no, yeah, no, no, that's no. a good okay. one too. This one's fine. Yeah. And so he jumped on a certain party's ticket, and if if you circulate the petitions, there's nothing they can do. They it's can't on the say, party to try whoa, and even stop whoa, you, and they whoa. didn't even try. No, no, it's on the party to run another candidate. That's what that's what I'm saying. Right to stop. That's, that's what I'm saying by stopping you is primary. getting a different person. So right. The, the problem is that once somebody gets past the primary, too many people vote just for a party. Party ticket. You just vote Republican, 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 or Democrat, 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 and that is wrong. I would like people to consider not doing that. Anymore. Green, green, green. No. <laughs> I would, I would like to vote really for two slippery. people. Right, those two people. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be green, green, green. It'd be green, green and <laughs> maybe <laughs> one <laughs> random other green person, like not related. So the, the my my think on this is probably pretty similar. My but my experience as an election judge is I see people come in and I'm so I'm constantly torn between like off your elections. I've been in there when there was like twenty seven percent turnout, which is just abominable. Right, we're the the enlightenment democracy, right. and we can't get more than thirty percent of like the population on a sunny April day, really, because there's no excuses. So either I want more people, but then I'm torn. I want more engaged people. I won't say smarter, but and I'll say what's, more engaged what's the voters. In this day of information, and I'll tell you what: and pre-voting, you don't have to just go on election day. There's open, there's pre-voting in this state by a lot. They've had early voting for at least a week. Where the, you can mail in your ballot. There's no excuse to not be engaged because, as you noted, there's ex, there's exposure. There's ways to find these find out platforms and policies. So there's no reason to not do that, and there's no reason to not vote. And yet, off your elections, especially, it's rampant. And that that's that's so frustrating. It's uh, extremely frustrating. And not, not just as someone who's who's running in an election, but as a citizen to know Completely. that this is the, 
this is what's what's changing, what's making the winds of change or not, or not in, in the a head, community. Into the headwinds of change. It's almost, it's, I, I'm telling you, it boggles my mind. It so to fix me. that, I've, I've thought of like, what can we do to fix it? How about a little quiz for each candidate that do you know? <laughs> One random fact from this, but no, that's not American. That's that's very wrong. It's no, not that's okay. The, the irony is so that we get back to the. It there's is, no it is litmus on test us for it as citizens. There's nothing that you can do. It's and there's nothing that you that's should. The, that's the do. only thing you have to do. You have to trust the people to go out there, do their research, do your research. And again, if you can't find something out about a candidate. They're either not trying, and one one someone's not trying here. Either you're not trying, or they're not or trying, both. right? Or I mean, God forbid, it's both. But uh, I would I would strongly consider. I, w- I would strongly suggest rethinking voting for someone who is not willing to put their platform in a way that is accessible to others. And I realize that that doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. I. Personally, I put a lot on Facebook, um, but I also went out and got palm cards. I also sent mailings to people in my community. Right, not everyone has to have a website. Not, well, with, I think at least a website, though. I do. I didn't make a website, but my Facebook thing is you right. don't have to have a Facebook That's account. what I'm saying. You don't have to have So it paid, becomes a website. Right, it's a, right, but that's what I'm saying. You don't even in this day and age have to go pay for a website like a website a, a is domain and 10 all that. bucks for a domain but i'm saying you can get away with for with two months facebook months. page right exactly that's At my the point very you can do least, that you can do that, that. with and no then problem there's there's other local uh newspapers that will allow you to submit for free a lot of newspapers you know i honestly feel like every single newspaper should be required to well again i don't want to step on the toes of, of the free market but i think that it would be the right thing every newspaper to give every candidate a predetermined amount of space to present their platform. So what I would say is, I don't know if there's, cause I'm old and I don't pay attention, but there used to be like cable access, the, the local oh, there, channel. So there is so here in this town, but the only those... way that you can get on that is if you have a hosted debate, there's no, Hey, look, everyone, you've got three minutes. To say who you are, what position, but that would be exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, and if it's offered to all candidates, you know, that's actually a really good idea. I think that's something that we can probably take to our elected officials and see about that for the next uh, election. And certainly something something on a uh, slightly higher scale, maybe not like per town, but on a county level or at least even a township or something. The local news channels—they're all literally required to use our air. They're required to give candidates time i don't think anyone enforces it right no one cares but they all have local a set of block of time that they can take and use locally now, i think that, that should be being said on, on the enforced. county website That's an FCC. If, if you were to go right now go to the cook county website and type in your address and ask for a sample ballot there would be links to every single candidate that is filled out a That's questionnaire correct. so at the very least filled out the questionnaire go to that and i say that as a candidate who Right now, as of T-minus 15 days of the election, I haven't filled that out. But I, I'm certainly going to be doing that within the next 24 hours. You know, just full transparency. I'm not afraid of... of what are you afraid of, Vernon? Own, uh, my own failings. That's certainly one of them. But again, my, my big platform has been Facebook on my literature. It's told people how to 
how to reach out to me. I mean, maybe Bernie can help you with some TikTok videos. I heard he got into that today, so. <laughs> but I realized that not everyone's on Facebook, and now apparently only old people are on Facebook. Old people defined as not in high school, I guess. Right, basically, I'm your demographic at this point. <laughs> and I'm the least one out of us probably on it. But yeah, I'm the old person, so. No so, one under 30 is on Facebook. Just do a quick recap. We've talked about what it takes to get on the ballot, how to, uh, by the way, if anyone hears any scuffling, Kirby, Brendan's dog, has been our guest in the studio tonight. Team mascot. Team mascot. He's a, he's a good boy. He is a good boy. Who's a good boy? <laughs> um, he's not on he the ballot, bark. although I feel like he would win if, if, oh, uh, if people you got put him, their dogs as a right in all the time number trust one me. on the ballot or uh yes. gave him a, the right last name right kirby <laughs> ohannon um yeah so we talked about if pictures of candidates were next to their face or next to their but name see, then then kirby wins run away sure but that that's also bad because oh no it's a terrible idea a i was contest. only saying it for right for kirby's sake yeah. not for actual humans it's, it's a it's a it's a problem with <laughs> Many sub problems and no easy solutions. One thing that I thought to blunt the bump from being first on the ballot is mix it up. I don't know. I, that's probably mix it not. up how. So each ballot is printed with them in a different order. That's no. See, I knew you were going to say, it. and you're not wrong. I, I you're not wrong. Right. I. Watch. It's also not right. No, it's that right. You it's, get the laziness of people just hitting the first two on the ballot. It's the it's the best option we have now of all the other bad options, right? Right, like right. Just like uh, like democracy or right. America, right? America. It's, it's, it's the best. America is the worst thing that ever happened, except for everything else that's right, ever exactly. happened before. Right. Which is a huge paraphrase of either Winston Churchill, Churchill. They, well, that Galileo, was the Americans will always do the Mark right thing Quinn. after they've right. tried everything yeah, else. I mean, or, Abraham Lincoln. After they've exhausted the, all the other the options. We'll, we'll quote it differently, I'm sure. But um, well, yeah, Abraham so, Lincoln is big on the internet. He's been famous. So those are those were our main points to bring up tonight. I know that those aren't, it, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's certainly enough for it's tonight. It's entirely possible. We'll do another one of these. Oh, yeah, we definitely could. I, actually, this episode is longer than any other two episodes. We went way over. Yeah, right now we're right around 50 minutes. So. <laughs> Yeah, so thanks it's again. 20 free minutes, folks. Oh, yeah, I didn't even make you pay for that. I know. Hence right. the free. Hence the free. Yeah, hold on. Dang it, I missed again. There's one that's... There we go. There's your laugh track for, for that. That's good. All right, well, I'm Vernon. I'm Dave. And I'm Brendan. And thanks again for listening, for joining us for another episode of Anytown USA. Anytown USA. No, no, darn it. You can't look at me expectedly in that. I'm going to find it. Hold on. It's one of these. Is there a boo? All right. I've, I've literally pressed every single one of them. Is there like an option that would be like the, a second player? <laughs> <laughs> that was the best one ever. And we're out.